Hi, darling. How are you? Good. Wait a second. Whatever it is, I hung up on them. So no, I'm here. Don't, don't worry about an intro. I will do the intro for next week. We're going to be on for next week, but I'm just okay. pre, pre-taping it now. So we'll go right into the interview. Okay. You got it. You got okay. it. So, Geraldo, my friend whom I love dearly, do you remember your first gig ever when you started? Yes, of course. I had been the lawyer for the Young Lords, which was an activist Puerto Rican group uh, working in East Harlem. They were, you know, campaigning for lead paint uh, poisoning testing and the free breakfast programs. Uh, in East Harlem, it was a very exciting time, and Gloria Rojas, who was uh, the only Puerto Rican on television in the news business in New York, 1970 it was, uh, she carried a message to me from a guy named Al Primo at Channel 7 Eyewitness News who said he'd seen me in news clips representing the Young Lords and he wanted to know if I'd be interested in becoming an on-air journalist, so Cindy, I was discovered like uh, like the old days. He just said, uh, come on, kid, I want to make you a star. I remember Al Primo. I worked for him. I remember that. So were you very excited? Were you nervous? What was it like, your first shot? Well, you know, I, I had gotten Kent State. had happened the Master of the Students uh, in Ohio, uh, uh, the uh, anti-war movement, the civil rights movement was becoming violent. My clients were getting arrested uh, a lot. It was kind of chronic and uh, kind of distressing. Plus, I wasn't getting paid any money for it. I was getting $250 <laughs> a week. Primo yeah. offered me 300 <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. I said, oh, what, is, what, what do I have to do for that? <laughs> okay. How many newspapers do you read daily? I read the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, the New York Post, and the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Why the Cleveland Plain Dealer? Because I'm here right now. Uh, you know, we have a home here in Shaker Heights outside of Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, my wife is from here, and I'd like to know what's going on locally when we're here. Okay, okay. What would you do if you're in Cleveland? I mean, that's something else, but what would you do? To fix New York, you always have an answer for everything. What? What should we well, do? Yeah. I'm in New York every week, and I, I think that one thing that is absolutely crucial, and I think that Eric Adams, the mayor, and I see eye to eye on this: uh, the subways have to be safe. Without the subways, New York is going to be just a collection of small towns uh, disconnected from each other. Uh, and you, you need, if you don't have confidence, you need confidence. That's the arteries and the veins, the bloodstream of the city is the subways. You've got to get, be able to go from the Bronx to your job downtown Manhattan. You've got to be able to go from Brooklyn. I have two kids living in Brooklyn, into Manhattan or wherever it is. You've got to be able to have flexibility. Otherwise, it's not a great city. But with the subways, it is a great city. So uh, Eric Adams, the police department, and the, you know, the people, the citizens of New York – have to work together to get the subways where people are confident, where you can take them late at night like I did growing up, uh, you know, uh, where you fall asleep and you're not afraid that someone's going to mug you or shoot you or, uh, you know, uh, molest you. It's uh, uh, The subways have to be safe. I remember the old days with Curtis Lewa and the Guardian Angels. I yeah. think I was the first one to put Curtis on TV. 
uh, that that was because the subways were so dangerous. We had uh, the the guardian angels suddenly appeared, and they they made people feel safer. Now everybody has to be a guardian angel, Cindy. Okay, I'm not a fan of this mayor. Actually, that that's something else. There are other things about New York. I have a friend, and I'm not going to say where she was walking. She was walking at 6 o'clock with a husband the other night, and two people were following her. She felt them following her, and she drunk, they, they dropped into a store that was open. And one of the guys who was following her said, Okay, we'll catch you the next time. This had nothing to do with the subway. The city is in problem everywhere. I agree that, that that is very, very troubling, that scenario. People have to feel safe. Uh, you know, uh, remember, though, in fairness, Cindy, and I know you've got problems with Mayor Adams, but in 1990, there were 2,300 murders in New York. You know, last year there were fewer than 400. So it's a lot better than it was during the uh you know, the uh, the seven, remember Abe Beam when he was the mayor, how how tough the city, uh, you know, even John Lindsay before him. And it wasn't until Ed Koch came in, it started to turn around. Uh, we can do it. We can do the fight. We can. New York is very resilient. But what you describe, people need confidence in their skins. People need to feel safe. If people don't feel safe, then, you know, the, the life shrinks. Uh, you know, if the kid can't go to the corner store uh, by his or herself, uh, you know, maybe I'm being naive, but I remember bicycles. I remember, uh, you know, when the city was free enough and open enough uh, that, that people could feel confident that they weren't going to be mugged or raped or, or stuck up. What happened to your friend is deplorable. But you know what I, I think we need? We need New York to man up again. We need the city to have a sense of more collective responsibility for each other. Uh, when I was growing up, if a, if a guy pushed a girl or, uh, you, know, a, a, uh, you know, someone pushed an old person, or uh, th then somebody would come to their rescue. Everybody was in it together. I don't have a sense that everybody's in it together uh, much anymore. And I think I would like Mayor Adams to rally people. He's not rallying anything but his tailor. So all I have to know is that I have spoken to the last five, the last five police commissioners. I have spoken to one after another. We had it good during the Rudy days. We had it good during a lot of days. We had it good. And Bloomberg. it's awful now. It's awful now. And it's because we have some little Boy Scout who's running to California to have dinner with Paris Hilton because he says that's good for New York. If he wants to know what's good for New York, let him go to Bed-Stuy. Let him go to Harlem. What are you telling me how good this guy is? And why am he I fighting with you? You're my friend. I know. I love you, too. Uh, but he, uh, Adam said something that I've been trying to say. I say it over and over until I'm blue in the face. The inner city violence, ghetto, the ghetto civil war, uh, the black on black crime, the uh, uh, the it is the civil rights issue of our time. I talked about when I was with yes, the young Lord yes, 50 yes, years ago. Yes. Now, the civil rights issue of our time is to keep uh, these young people from killing each other. And having that violence spread like a cancer, uh, where everybody is affected, uh, it's uh, it's terrible. I think that the George Floyd riots, 
2020 were a real eye-opener, and I think they set the city back decades, uh, generations even, when when kids could go to stores on Madison Avenue and Fifth Avenue, just, you know, smash the windows in, uh, you know, uh, do all kinds of obscenities and without any fear or consequence of punishment or, uh, you know, uh, of them having to pay a penalty for that. I, I think that that was really a very stunning moment. I mean, de Blasio was an absolutely incompetent mayor. I've known Eric Adams since when he was a cop, uh, you know, for a very long time. Uh, and I, I'm, I, I agree that he has a flamboyance about really? it. Really? Isn't that we, cute? Yeah. Really? A flamboyance? A flamboyance? He only wants to go to parties. He only wants to be on television. He only wants to go to his tailor. He only wants to wear comic suits. He hasn't done anything. And I love you. I don't know why I'm picking on you if you love this idiot, but that's up to you. How about how, how about what well, we've got a fool in City Hall and we've got someone who drools in Washington. What do you want to do about fixing America? I think that President Biden is in a tough spot. Uh, you know, I was on with Sean Hannity last night and uh, Hannity said he's old and decrepit. And I said, Sean, what would your mother say if she heard you talking about the president of the United States that way. And yeah, but his laughed, mother wouldn't be president of the United States. We we laughed about it. The, the fact is that Biden has made some some real mistakes, but I think the worst mistake uh, is one that's easily solvable. It's energy. He needs to have energy. Trump, for all his flaws, had energy. You have to have a sense that there's a, there's a working person there, an engine uh, uh, that's uh, you know trying to get something done. Uh, Biden doesn't have that uh, that kind of you, you feel he's going to fall asleep or you know go to the beach in Delaware and not you, you want him to be more of a of a of a hustler. You know he's only eight months older than I am. It's not like he's a, you know a ancient mariner, uh, but he seems to be deflated, and I worry. Uh, you know, that he, he doesn't seem to have the grasp. Uh, you know, he's, he doesn't have the strength to wrap his arms around the problems. Oh, please. So he passed away there. about six months ago. Let me go on. <laughs> so far, I love you dearly, You're but I so can't cruel. agree with anything. Now let's go to things you we can agree on. Okay. What do you use on your mustache to make it look like this? It's so gorgeous. I don't. I, I don't oh, yeah, I appreciate that. I don't <laughs> use much. I don't use much. I use uh, there's, uh, there's sometimes I use mustache wax on when I'm in black tie and I wanted to look natty. But you know, I've always had uh, my mustache has always been kind of the same color as my pubic hairs. So, oh, I can't. How do I check that? <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to find out if you're telling me the truth or not. Give me a way to do that. <laughs> that well, the next time you see me, I'll just. I'll whip something out. We'll, we'll decide. Okay. So I have very heavy other questions. You're married 800 times. Are you going to do it anymore? No, I've been happily married 20 years now. I've been faithful to my wife. That was always the, uh, you know, the sore spot. That was always where I fell, uh, you know, onto the, onto the rocks was uh, my inability to be straight, straight and narrow. I am now, and I, it's, I'm very, very happy for it. I, I Does think that mean my... you cannot do anything more? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm, I'm <laughs> quite the contrary. I, I, that's the one area in, and my mustache where I continue to flourish. 
but I just keep it. I I keep it home. <laughs> okay, okay. Have you ever goofed up on TV? Have you ever done something you well, were sorry for? I famously I opened Al Capone's empty vaults to the largest audience in the history of syndicated television. Oh, I remember uh, you that. You know, it was a great humiliation, but uh, it had a happy ending because. I had been, at the time I took the gig, the most famous unemployed person in America. Uh, after I put it on, even though the vault was empty, I had 22 job offers. So that led to the talk show and that led to prosperity and uh, the elongation of my career. So you never have gotten embarrassed or something? You've always been able to overcome something that goes wrong? Oh, no, I, I certainly embarrass myself. Some of the things I've said I wish I could take back. Uh, you know, but nothing has been – I've never mortally wounded myself, and I've never really – I'm sorry that I wrote my book in 1990 or so uh, exposing myself because I mentioned too many people I had been with. And I, in exposing myself, I exposed them as well, and I've always felt – in the, uh, what is it now, 30 years since then, 32 years since then, I've, uh, I, I, I look back, at, that is my biggest regret in my professional life, that I, that I went there, that I told tales out of school, and I embarrassed myself when I look back on it now, Cindy. You know, we love you. I mean, Geraldo, you're a part of our universe. I love you madly. How do you handle if someone attacks you? I don't mean necessarily physically, but even if they attack you on the air or something, do you not curdle or or, or get nervous? No, I'm a I'm a street fighter. Yeah, you know, I've had more on camera fights than people in the professional boxing field. You know, I've I've been very I've always been a very physical person. Now, of course, I'm humbled by uh, by old age, but still I. I am a. If you ever see me with uh, this guy Dan Bongino on, uh, yeah, yeah, on yeah, Hannity show or Greg Gutfeld on the Five, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, they give me their best shots and I give them a shot right back. I, the thing you can't do is to, you know, have a stiff upper lip and take take a blow without responding to it. You hit me, I'm going to hit you back. Uh, you hit me hard, I'm going to hit you harder. That's always been my rule. Geraldo, I love you. Ed. Absolutely. I have loved you for years and years, oh, and here. I only hope that you can spend many a happy evening with our mayor. That's all. That's what I wish you. <laughs> okay. Happiness with our mayor in City Hall. Okay? Thank you, Cindy. Thank I love you. you. Thanks, I baby. I appreciate it. I love you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.